0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Uh, Jeff, I just just because I didn't I didn't hear this yesterday. I just, what was your initial reaction
2: to the changes in the front office? We were just we're not su- the front office on the coaching staff. First. We were a little surprised. You know, you went eleven and six, Andy. You never you never know what goes on behind the scenes. You don't know what you know what relationships are like. You don't know who's doing what. Right. Like I I can't tell you what Alex Van Pelt does as offensive coordinator. And, and again. We've only heard reports about Alex Van Pelt um, or the other guys, not, nothing official from the Browns, but you don't know how much he's doing. I, Kevin's fancy is calling plays. Does Alex just hand him, you know, hey, here's our game plan. I don't know. Or did Kevin just say, I don't know.
1: Do you think that, I don't think that, I think Kevin has a lot to do with
2: it. I would think so I mean, too. Just based on what we've, I would, read, I would we've think so too. So that would make, wouldn't that make Kevin the main offensive coordinator? I I don't know. When when you have one guy calling the plays and the other guy, the offensive coordinator, the, the way that it, things get split up, I would think varies from team to team. You know, we had Josh booty on with us yesterday and I said, what, what about a head coach is calling plays? And he said, that guy's a really special guy. If if you've got a guy who can do that. And we asked him about, you know, you've been in situations where there was an offensive coordinator, but the head coach is calling the plays. How's that work? And even and Dan correct me if I'm wrong I, I don't think Josh had a real good feel for it didn't it didn't you get that impression? No I don't think
1: he really did either you're right
2: so I, I so there's
1: it's 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 fuzzy. do you think there's a part of this is Kevin saying I'm not going to call plays anymore yeah I think that could be part of it but it, it does seem like everything should be on the table as they evaluate what they're doing now whether they actually do that or not I, I don't know. I, I think I would be, I mean, if you were an offensive coordinator who wasn't calling plays, I would be like, okay, this is where I'm going to cut my teeth, and then I'm going to go find a place where I can call plays. Because that, that seems to be the natural progression. And then to be head yeah. coach, like I, it always stuck with me. I, I mean, if it was, you're
2: Alex Van Pelt, wouldn't you want to be an offensive coordinator who calls plays? Yes. Yeah. Especially a guy that played quarterback. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to get the opportunity. He said he really enjoyed his time here, and it's on right. to the next one. Well, he's been with five different NFL teams. Those guys are vagabonds. Ooh, on to the next one. That means he's going to be on Bill Belichick's staff. Well, those the guys the, are vagabonds, man. I I mean, they, they live a lifestyle that most people wouldn't want to live, I would think. No, I, I don't know. I, they, you talk about no life. Kevin Stefanski is the rare guy. He was with the Vikings for 14 years, and now he's been with the Browns. That's two teams, and he's been coaching in the NFL for four, or 18 years. That's rare. Um. I I always remember Jim Tressel
1: once said, you know, about him calling plays, he, he'd be like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Or he said something very similar to that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, okay, I kind of get it. I, I just, I wonder, you know, when you look at head coaches, do you want a head coach that's trying to keep a a big picture view of what's going on? Or do you want a head coach that's going to call plays on offense or call plays on defense? What, what, I mean, what, what I wonder what the perfect, scenario is there or the head coach that says hey it's third down and six and we're hot right now I want a passing play here and then all of a sudden the coordinator you yeah. know inputs a passing play like that head coach has got to be able to implement hey I don't think we should blitz here or we should blitz here or or it's just say no blitz here you know that's I, I don't understand how you know I, I guess it depends on the coach let's be honest like when you think of Bill Belichick you think of him overseeing everything
2: don't you yeah, but as far as we know, Bill's not calling offensive plays. No, I know. Yeah, you know, and,
1: but you don't think he's Andy, calling defensive plays?
2: Andy Reid is calling offensive plays. Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel was, Kevin Stefanski.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be kind of Mike thankless. McCarthy. I, I actually think uh, um, Mike LaFleur. being an offensive coordinator Matt doesn't LaFleur. call your uh, an offensive coordinator who doesn't call your own plays is very much just like. Being a producer who doesn't get to execute every, or a great cook is probably the better way to put it. Being a great cook that makes a lot of times makes great food, but never gets to eat. Be the sous chef. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess I just I don't. I look at this and you know I'm still curious what your reaction is. Does this give you concern in Berea for what's going on, or that they felt like after 11 wins that they needed to shake things up in Berea? Two one six. 4-7-4-0-0-92.
2: I think the latter thing that you just said is what it is Andy. Just to shake I, it up? No, to elevate it. I I can only think that that the the thinking here is this. We went 11 and 6. We think we need some different thoughts to move this further down the road. And and I'm sure just in my gut that it's based around your quarterback. You know, and, and that doesn't mean that Alex Van Pelt and Deshaun Watson didn't get along. They might have gotten along great. I don't, I don't know about their relationship, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thinking is we need to get a guy who can tailor an offense more around Deshaun, who might be more familiar with that style of football. That's all I can think of. Otherwise, otherwise, why would you move on from an offensive coordinator who helped you win eleven games while you're starting five quarterbacks? Seriously. I mean, Andy, Andy, that's pretty impressive. Well, what was I,
1: – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, just because I, I just didn't get a chance to look it up. I thought I heard this yesterday. That isn't um, Deshaun's offensive coordinator that he had in – Houston available, Houston available Tim, Well, yeah, Tim yeah, Kelly was
2: in, in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel. Right. Bill O'Brien's also available. Bill O'Brien was in New England last year.
1: And maybe that's what it is. Maybe they've got these guys on the hook. And they know this is going to happen, so they've decided. Kellen
2: to the Moore was with the Chargers last year after being in Dallas. Highly thought of young offensive mind. I mean, there there are clearly some guys out there who have who have some kind of a of a resume, and some Andy, as you just mentioned, have with a tie. contacts to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Does that mean Does that mean you have to go bring that guy in? No, not at all. But. If you think
1: it's going to make your offense better going into next year, then why wouldn't you
2: do? What I what I think is if interesting. you feel like you
1: can upgrade, that's uh, yeah. So like I think we're in this really weird period too because the Browns haven't actually said Alex Van Pelt is out. They said he's still under contract. Uh, Brown spokesperson told this is in Trotter story yesterday uh, remains under contract and no final decisions yet. Well, if you know you've got your guy and you're ready to bring him in, then why wouldn't you? But you don't you do you need to interview? Is there Rooney Rule complications here with some of the stuff that's going on? I'm, I, you know, when you look at at what's going on as far as trying to make sure that there's you know a fair and equal chance for these jobs, that's another issue that that comes into play on this stuff.
2: It's true. If they want to hire somebody, they're going to hire them. Period.
1: Yeah, I, I, but doesn't that like again? We're in that like okay, this happened. <laughs> excuse me, this happened yesterday. This happened yesterday, and so maybe they they know where they want to go with this thing, and so we're just in this limbo. Well, period. You're not
2: gonna you're going not gonna you're not gonna get rid of somebody, I would think, unless you have a real good unless you're just completely disheartened by their performance, unless you know who you might be bringing in. You know, I don't I mean, know.
1: We now, watched I, the Browns going through an entire coaching process with Mike Pettin, where they thought they knew where they were going and they didn't get That's the only reason why I look back. Well, that was a different time. No, I know, but that happens every once in a while. And so sometimes, you know, who were we talking about? You're going to let a coach. This was two days ago. We were talking about somebody. They're like, hey, you're going to let a coach go? Okay. Who are you going to replace them with?
2: Yeah. All right. Well, did you have somebody in line who you thought could win you 12 games next year, get you into the playoffs? You didn't? Well, then why would you move on from Mike McCarthy?
1: I, I think Ohio State is a place where we've been talking about that a lot, too, with Ryan Day, where you're like,
2: okay, who are you replacing him with? That's the question. Dude, dude runs a top five program every year. He's, you know, they're highly ranked.
1: I bring that up because Bill and Parma's on the line. I'm sure he's going
3: to pound his chest here about Missouri. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hello, Bill. Hey, uh, Andy, you're right. I was. How'd you know that?
1: Um, I just haven't heard you say it. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since the bowl came
3: Well, we, we need to talk about barbecue. Um, you know, I can't, uh, Kansas City... Barbecue is the best. Um, have you ever eaten at Grady Nash's and Gravoy Mills, Missouri?
1: I have not. I've done Gates. There's a couple other places we used to go to when we were uh,
3: we were have traveling with the Indians. Arthur Bryant's, you know, a place like that. But Grady Nash was an interesting one. The barbecue sauce looked like uh, engine oil. Ooh, and, uh, and yeah. Oh, Andy, it was. I swear you, could Bill. I got to
1: tell you, it's weird. Before you get back into football, I have this weird deal now. I don't know if you guys know this, but. Sometimes when I have barbecue sauce or ketchup or something, I start sweating profusely from the top of my head. I think it's an age thing, or it has something to do with the vinegar. Just saying. All right, got to move I, forward. Talk football. My yeah, I understand.
3: Just, uh, you know, I, I think at some level, I think we're uh, going around the circle of, uh, this is Stefanski's issue. I mean, stump Mitchell? You're going to get some guy, uh, first time being a running back's coach, to take the place of stump? Uh, you don't think Deuce, that – Deuce Staley
2: helped? has experience if they end up hiring him. How much? Tons. He was an associate head coach as well in Carolina.
3: Well, that's good. Uh, I think, you know, we don't think that Alex Van Pelt could look at tape and come up with an offense that suits Watson. I mean, this isn't rocket science. I mean, you could look at a tape of of, of Houston when he played with them and they were wide open.
2: Bill, I'm not going to justify anything. I, I don't know the inner workings of how they hired and fired guys. All you got to yeah. do is look at, and and this is all I think. All you do is look at the resumes of most NFL assistant coaches, and they're on their fourth, fifth, sixth teams. You know, I I don't get it. It's it's fascinating to me. Guys don't stay in one place in that league very long. Kevin Stefanski is so rare with all that time he spent in Minnesota. It's ridiculous.
3: Well, and sometimes means,
2: you just shake it up.
3: Well, and you're right, Jeff. I think the question that I have is, what will constitute Stefanski failing, and I haven't heard what that is.
1: I, to that me, I think he's got to win in the first round next year. Don't you? That's just me today. I might change my mind in a month. But how, uh, how many more years do we have, Watson?
2: He's under contract for three more,
3: three more years. Yeah, I think uh, I think next year they have to win in the first uh, first round, and you know, we get, he's got the clock is ticking. So you know, uh, I I wonder how, what how much longer he's going to be here. Cause this is his offense. last year was his offense. It's going to be his offense going forward. Thanks you guys. Thank,
1: Thank you. Bill. Appreciate it, Bill quality conversation right there. Love talking to Bill. All right. We're going to bring in Andrew Siciliano from the NFL network. Maybe you can make heads or tails of what's going on with the Browns right now. especially with the shakeup in the front office. Again, we could just be in a limbo period where they know where they want to bring in. And they're like, you know what? We felt like we upgraded to both these positions. I, I, the other one that was interesting to me was, uh, was a tight ends coach. Uh, T.C. McCartney. Like, they let him go. I'm like, I don't know him at all. But I also know the tight ends had a pretty successful season. But he was at the end of his contract, too, and so maybe they just wanted to turn the page.
2: Well, Stump wasn't. Neither Neither was Van Pelt.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: They they made moves there.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's bring Andrew Siciliano next right here, Baskin and Phelps. Let's get some perspective from super friend to the show from the NFL Network. He is Andrew Siciliano and NFL dot com, and he is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Hello, Andrew.
5: Guys, what do we do with all these middle infielders? What do you think of the Cody Morris move?
1: You know that's a great question because we've talked about that zero Can on flori- the
5: Can Florial hit? I mean, how many first basemen do you need now?
2: As many as you well, need middle add, infielders. If they add a safety bag, they might need two. Outfielders who can
1: yeah. hit
5: are overrated. They are. They are. And, I mean, you can't overuse the bullpen in the first two months of the season. That would just fall apart down the stretch.
2: Oscar Gonzalez is available again, Andrew.
5: I know.
1: How are you not at MLB Network too? What's going on, man? We got to we gotta get, oh, you, get your agent it's funny. on the I had stick, a
5: conversation, I had this conversation with a dear friend last night who, um, who is, like, truly a baseball geek. And, and when they start going, um, I'm like, wow, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, those names you're talking about, I don't know what you're talking about because, you know, I myopically watch the Guardians and, and then usually the Dodgers maybe later that I – because I'm out here. But, uh, yeah, no, I couldn't do that. You, I, I You're immersed in football. Yeah. Immersed in, in football in a year, yeah, I could maybe get back into it, but like, there's so much, yeah. Whatever, I'm happy where I am. How about that?
2: Joe Buck said the same thing. Actually, he said, you know, about getting back into doing baseball. He said, yeah, I've I've been out of it for like a year or two or whatever. And you it feel was. like it, you're a thousand
1: miles yeah, away. Yeah, and he said, I I, I don't even know who away. these guys are. Yeah, it doesn't take well, very not- long
5: not not to get off on too much of a tangent here but um because you know the average person in their car is probably going i have a real job you, know, you guys are going to complain about doing yours you talk about sports but it is really hard for people like yourselves to do daily talk shows where you have to know a little bit about everything and you have to come in with an opinion every day. Like who won the golf tournament on Sunday? I, you know what? There are a lot of golf tournaments. I am sitting out. I couldn't care less. Right. But if you're right. doing local radio or national radio or any radio, where you have to have an opinion every day, when you come in, you, that, that's not acceptable to say I, I couldn't care less. But beyond that guys like Tariko, Joe, Ian Eagle, guys that can, uh, Dave Pash fluently, Speak multiple sports and, and not have any of those little tells that they're not total insiders in the world in which they're calling a game. Those guys, those guys are amazing because it is really hard to, to fluently speak every sport as a broadcaster i will say
1: this and out uh, because i want to get on football andrew when you would fill in for rome i was always blown away i always thought you did
5: a really really good job
1: just so you know that Thank you I, to...
5: I appreciate that yeah. but that was a long long time ago in which that was like your world right Right. Your, where where you're th- okay i got to know something about everything like i am coming home and i am watching any and everything and reading any and everything 24 hours a day whereas now i'm biopic to football i'm very fortunate in that in that regard and, and the other stuff, a lot of it falls through the cracks. Like I'll turn on a W, uh, not a w, an NBA or a WNBA game for that matter. I'm like, sure. I've never heard of these people. Like, who are these people?
1: And then you get up to speed and if you just put a little heart into it, you can figure it out after a little while. All right,
5: <laughs> yeah, let's get sure. As I said, we're, yeah. we're not digging ditches.
1: No, that's for, that is hundred percent for true. All right. So Andrew, let's talk about the Browns. They made a couple moves, although they're not official, but, uh, Van Pelt, uh, out, they're looking for a new offensive coordinator right now. Um, and then they also decided uh, they part ways at Stump Mitchell, according to reports, because the Browns haven't made it official. What, what do you think is going on with the Browns?
5: Um, a, a little surprising here, but you know, I, I do think, in the grand scheme of things, it's about maximizing um, what you have there with Deshaun and, and, and trying to take the offense to the next level. I, I think Alex Rampel gets all the, all the credit in the world. Uh, As does everyone on the offensive staff uh, to get where they got, considering all the injuries that they had. You lost your quarterback. I mean, you don't need to list the injuries, but, you know, when I hear the Dolphins or other teams complaining about injuries, yes, they're legitimate, but how many other teams lost the quarterback, the running back, all the offensive tackles, not an offensive tackle, all of the offensive tackles, um, and still did what they did offensively? I think it's about moving forward, evolving. And whether it's in the RPO, the RPO game, the run game, whatever it is, a fresh look at the offense to take it to the next level, because when it comes to quarterback contracts, and I know you guys have talked about this a thousand different ways. Um, the Browns have Deshaun and they're not going anywhere with him. It's simply what it is. I mean, a lot of, a lot of contracts, huge money contracts, especially for quarterbacks or any position after year three, which is what this is now. Um, actually, this is heading into year three, a bigger part. You, you would be able to get out after year three. Um, that's not the case. That, that, that's simply not the case with this deal. So you're in it for the long haul. Um, do your best to get it right.
2: And tweaking, switching, bringing in a fresh set of eyes. I, I, I agree with you, Andrew. That That's what we thought. Okay. Clearly, Van Pelt and Stefanski worked because you won 11 games with five different starting quarterbacks. Well done. Sure. But yes, if you want exactly. to take it to the next level, they must think they need to tweak it a little bit.
5: Uh, and and that's the only thing that I can say and the only thing that maybe I've been able to, to glean from from some conversations. Um, you know, if you go back and you look at the positives from the Houston game, and I'm sure you guys have gone over this, but let's not forget, you know, before that interception, early third quarter after they, first, they forced the, uh, the four and out, um, in the third quarter, you know, if they go in there, it's a three-point game, and maybe we look at this differently. Unlikely, sure. but maybe we do. Um, the shovel pass in the uh, the shovel pass for the touchdown to Kareem, uh, the long play to Harrison Bryant where you line up triple tight right, and then it, it's Harrison Bryant running the deep over. I, I mean, those, those plays show you that, this offense and this play design like this group was pretty damn good at what it did. Right? Those play calls, Kevin Stefanski was in his bag there. Um, and I think there's a lot more of that. And remember, look, twelve months ago we're sitting here pounding the drum and well I'm not, but others are. Why aren't you giving up play calling? I mean how many times does he have to answer that during the offseason? Right. Um I, I don't think he needs to give up play calling. I mean you wanna go back and and you know, I saw Mary Kay hint at that. Well, that maybe if they bring in another OC, sure. I think anything is open to conversation, right? When you interview people, you you want to listen to their ideas and truly be open to change. Sure, um, I'd be surprised if he gave it up. I don't know that he needs to. Um, um, I'm just going there only because I saw it in, in 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 her article yesterday.
2: We had Josh Booty on our show yesterday, and Josh mm-hmm. played Major League Baseball and then played in the NFL. Was with the Browns and kicked around for a bunch of different teams.
5: I called a Josh Booty uh, New York Penn League single-A game, I believe. Nice. 93? Very nice. Good Yeah. yeah for 94? That's 94? Yeah. 94. Yeah. Anyway.
2: We asked Josh, I'm sure you've been in situations where your head coach called plays, but you had an offensive coordinator. How does that work? And, and Andrew, to be honest, he didn't have a real specific force because, you know, it can vary from, from place to place or whatever. Do you have a feel for how that works in, in different uh, situations? Because Sure. How that go?
5: Well, I mean, look, we have it here with the Rams. Sean McVay has cycled through how many different offensive coordinators, um, and he will always call plays on game day. The only times he does not is, let's say, for example, week 18 this year when the Rams were out of it and all that was up uh, uh, for question was seating against the 49ers. Mike LaFleur, his OC, called plays against the 49ers. Um, Mike LaFleur, obviously, the, the play caller of the last couple of years with Robert Sala in New York with the Jets, so he has experience. Um, before that, the play callers have inc- – I'm sorry, the offensive coordinators have included Matt LaFleur, didn't actually call plays. Greg Olson didn't actually call plays. Shane Waldron, offensive coordinator now in Seattle, that he does call plays, and he's well-respected, didn't call plays here. None of Sean McVay's play, uh, offensive coordinators – since he got here in 2017, called plays. It is a collaborative effort. They, uh, Sean, comes. They all come up with a game plan. Uh, the OC kind of runs the practice in that regard and does the install and runs a lot of the meetings. Sean's in there when he needs to be in there and when he's not over, you know, managing the entire operation, then he calls plays on game day. That's how it works. And by the way, all his OCs keep leaving for other jobs, head coaching jobs. Zach Taylor, for example another one of the OCs that didn't call plays save for the preseason head coaching job.
1: Hmm. Hey, let me, I just want to ask you a media question here, just uh, because I, I read a story about it yesterday about how successful the Steelers bills game was on Monday afternoon. Now maybe part of it was because it was a holiday, but sure. did, uh, what, what what's the feeling on that? Because I got to believe if I'm, you know, if I'm the NFL, I'm not really disappointed with the numbers that, you know, and I kind of like two games, Saturday, two games. Sunday and two games on Monday. It didn't.
5: So, I, if I you missed, have Monday I off, I don't think it's a big the, deal. I missed the numbers. I saw the peacock numbers obviously on Saturday. What were the Monday numbers for that uh, game?
1: They were huge. I don't have the exact. Numbers. Okay, I just saw it yesterday. Um, that they, they, they were just yeah. like, wow, I can't believe that it didn't. Uh, the headline was it didn't affect it. Like they still had great numbers.
5: Um, I, I don't know. Moving forward, look the, the the Monday night game. Um, and some people still don't like the Monday night game. They'd rather have two days of triple headers. Uh, the Monday night game was uh, was put in because we expanded the playoffs to, to seven teams, and ESPN paid a lot of money for that primetime window there. I, I would think that if I'm ESPN, um, I'd have to ask the question, do we want a great lead in, or do we want a standalone game? Um, I'm curious to know what the late numbers were for Monday night, because while it was the Eagles and the defending NFC champions, it was also the Buccaneers, and it was uh, I don't know if it was the most enticing game. Twenty I mean, the the dumps yeah, so the dumpster fire yeah, that, that is the Eagles is, is yeah. a draw. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No Monday night the headline on ESPN was Eagles at Buccaneers draws more than 28.6 million viewers. ESPN's second most watched NFL playoff. Game okay,
5: ever. so that 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 turned out well. Yeah. Um, look, it, it was it was the perfect storm, so to speak. I, I don't know that they would change. The format, because I I think it does add a little bit of difficulty to the scheduling for divisional weekend as well. Mm -hmm. And I think they would like to know earlier, and the other teams would like to know earlier, um, not just one matchup, but really we didn't know the entire board for the most part until those two games were played on Monday.
2: Who do you like? After watching everything, Kansas City bounces – you know, bounces back has a nice game against Miami. I, I think the Bills are intriguing in that game as well. So, I, one of those two teams to me might be your your Super Bowl favorite. I, you tell me.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, step back for a second. As I was joking with the baseball stuff, I, I am like everyone else, kind of like, Ugh. like, do I want to watch? Of course I do. This is what we do, and and yes, we're fans. I mean, I also have the the added significance of you know friends and family here with the Rams. They lost as well, and that was. That was hard to see on Sunday. Um, that said, the, uh, I think it's it set up pretty well for the 49ers now, right? If the 49ers don't make it to the Super Bowl, I'm not suggesting we're having the Kyle Shanahan, Mike McCarthy, Nick Sirianni conversation, but there are going to be a lot of people going, wait, h- how do you mess this up? How do you mess this up? I think the Lions are better than the Bucks. I think they will beat the Bucs. Um, I think they might, bl- I, I don't know, blow out. But I, I think they're clearly the better team. I also think that the, the the Niners will win. I think we're gonna have the the, the Lions at the Niners in the AFC. Uh, the Bills are the better team, but they are so banged up defensively. Like the the Trail Bernard thing is huge. Um, and again, woe is me. I know Browns fans were all saying, "Well, look at our injuries." The, the the Chiefs, the the Bills' injury certainly will factor here, um, as they did with the Browns. Look, with the Browns, if you want, I'm sure you guys have gone through this, but the fact that all the you know the 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 tackles being out, um, Anthony Walker, Grant help being out, Denzel Ward, I, I, look, he battled, but he did not look right in that game. Um, you know that that all caught up with him. I think it catches up with the Bills defensively, but I think they win because they're at home. And uh, the other AFC game. I know, I'm picking the chalk here. I think the Texans make it interesting. I don't know if they're going to win.
1: Huh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from on that, Andrew, too. So, All right, Andrew, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know we love having you on there. Thanks, buddy. You're a great friend of the
5: show. Thanks for putting up with my rambling, guys. It's
1: all good. Andrew Siciliano, NFL Network. Make sure you're watching them all the time. Thank you, Andrew. Later, Talk to you soon. Yep, see you guys. And, of course, he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.